We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, outside the trenches, the latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind mill segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest outside the trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to Tucker Franklin. Hello and welcome in to Outside the Trenches here on KC Sports Network, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liquor and, you know, the wonderful folks at Holiday Distillery. Go check them out if you love any of their products, because uh, you already know we do. I'm joined by uh, co-host, longtime co-host Nick Leckie, uh, Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints, and Big B, Brian Hanley. Fellas, how are we doing, Brian? I'll start with you. How's your summer been since we last talked? It's been a minute since we hopped on a podcast all together. So how have you yep. been and how's the summer going? Uh, It's going good. I mean, I'm here in Dallas, so it has oh. been hot, hot, hot. I mean, there was eight days in a row when it was like 104. It, I mean, it didn't get less than 104. It was crazy. Um, I mean, I have a swimming pool. It was like bath water, so it wasn't even refreshing. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> So, but other than that, man, I've been been doing well. Been doing well. Good, love to hear it. Uh, Nick, how's how are things on your side of uh, the side of the city? Everything going well? Yeah, all's good. All's good. Brian, uh, you know, no strangers in your pool. Is that hot? No, no. I've been here. No, I've been around. I've been around. So no strangers. No strangers. I'm going on vacation here in a couple of weeks. So. We'll see. We'll they see. Know. <laughs> they know. They're going to have some they do, come back house party, house party four. <laughs> We're going to come back to for sure. Oh, man. He's putting it out there. He's opening himself up to it. <laughs> definitely. How, but as if you're saying the pool's like bathwater, I don't know if anyone's going to be jumping in. If it's, I, uh, I don't know. I say that. I, I don't know anybody that still that had a pool or who had access to one wasn't in it. I mean, it was just too hot. Too hot. hot. It's a different level of hot here than Kansas City, too, because it's sticky. And yeah. even even Houston, Houston's a whole different level than Dallas. Yes, it, well is. Too. Like yes it's, it is. Like, it's it, – people die. Old people die in Houston because they heat because it's that ridiculous. Yep. Like, it's yep. it's absurd. It, it's absurd. Like, uh, I was in New Orleans, and we had training camp in August, full pads, and it felt like I worked in a steel factory. Ooh, gosh. Like, Brutal. the steel factory in T2 – 
Terminator 2 where they melted the T-1000. Oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> I, I can feel that every day. Like you go up to Pads, like, I don't really need to stretch today because I'm already hot and lubed up, ready to go. <laughs> we're warm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Training camp, as we were talking about before the podcast, legitimately right around the corner. Rookies report on the 17th. We're recording this podcast on the 11th of July. Rookies report on the 17th. Uh, training camp, or so I should say, rookies and quarterbacks on the 17th. Vets report the 22nd. The first day of practice is the 23rd, which also is a Sunday, which I think is kind of weird. I don't know if that's normally how it is, Nick, but it feels like a first day of practice being Sunday just feels off. I don't like that. I like. I was with Denny Green my first three years, and he was always like, we're going to start camp on it. You're going to report on Sunday, and then we're starting start on a, mon- a Monday. Start fresh. I was like that. So you never need to start like yeah. on Thursday or anything like that. And, and by the way, why the hell are they starting so early? Like what – like I don't, I feel like they just had like OTAs or mini camps and things like that. Why is there like everyone in the Hall of Fame game? It uh, seems like it. It seems yeah, like right. everybody is starting early. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. I, it's really interesting because I think with the with the elimination of the fourth preseason game, I believe that was a couple of years ago when they went to seventeen games. They added another week in between the preseason and the regular season to kind of keep the timing still the same. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do that again. If once, uh, you know, I feel like it's kind of inevitable the league will move to 18 games with two bye weeks. Uh, that just basically they just have to do the the legal tape around that the the CBA stuff to get it ratified. But like, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do because they will probably have to take away another preseason game, so they only have two preseason games. How the schedule will match up? Will they have to bump the Super Bowl back a week because they're adding another bye week? It's gonna be really interesting to see. Uh, how that all plays out. But yeah, it does seem like everyone is starting super early this year. I know everyone's starting at the same time this year, and that might be why. Uh, everyone's starting at the same time just because of that 19 practices, I believe, are going on in St. Joe. I started mapping it out today of how we're going to uh, be out there covering everything for you guys and uh, for here at KC Sports Network. But uh, with training camp right around the corner, I did want to talk talk with you guys about some of these AFC contenders because the AFC – we talked about this. We talked about this last time we recorded a podcast. It's stacked, um, and it's no NFC, right? You wish some of those quarterbacks that that are in the AFC would go to the NFC, but lots of contenders going on. Uh, Big B, I want to start with you. I think that when we talk about number one contenders in the AFC, the Bengals are that team that that you that you think of and and that are going to be right there with the Chiefs this season. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals got better where they needed to get better. Now, they lost some secondary and, you know, in safety help uh, that were really good safeties. They lost some guys, but their offensive line is better. Look, I know Chiefs fans don't like Orlando Brown. I get it. I 100% I get it. But compared to what the Bengals had, he is a tremendous upgrade. He's going to make their offensive line better. He's just going to make them better. You know, like I said, I know he didn't hadn't played great the last few years, and he hasn't, but he did enough. I mean, he did enough. Right. Uh, and, and 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 from what Cincinnati has, the Bengals' offensive line is going to be better uh, as long as they stay healthy. Which you know, you got to say that about every team. The Bengals, I believe, are the Chiefs' number one competition to get back to the Super Bowl. Mm. You know, I, I've I've never understood the Orlando Brown slander. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, Brian, did, did you have a chance to watch him? Uh, I sure did at all. I don't What'd get it. I, I thought I, he was fine. Yeah. I thought like, he was he, fine. 
it was bizarre to me. It felt like something was like dominoes falling or something like that. And once they, they fell, then it's like, everyone was like, no, we're off it. Like, and I'm just, I'm just like, he does a really good job. Like he protects the pocket and he's predictable. You know, he's not going to get paid. He's not going to get paid on the end. Or he's not going to get beat on the inside. Nope. And he's not going to get bull rushed. And it's nope. like, he keeps that pocket clean. It's almost like people think that because he gives up pressure every now and then that pressures equal sacks. Well, it doesn't equal sacks. That that's not what that means. I get it that he's moving. He's maybe moved. The quarterback has to move around a little bit, but the quarterback can't just be a statue back there too. Yeah. Every now and then, I mean, those defensive guys get paid as well. So that's every true. now and then it can't just be a clean, Hey, I'm going to get in my set. The guy's going to run right into my chest and I'm going to block him. Doesn't really work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, I would love to see the uh, O-line slander for for Joe Burrow uh, when they were giving up, you know, seven sacks a game, eight sacks a game, things like that. It's like, you know, that would have been just nuts to live in that in that town during that era, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Really what, I, what I think is really interesting when you talk about Orlando Brown, I do think that he goes into a spot that is a lot better for him stylistically as an offensive lineman. Uh, Joe Burrow gets the ball out a lot faster than Patrick Mahomes does. And a lot of those pressures, uh, Brian, you were talking about this. A lot of the pressures he did give up were like, you know, Patrick Mahomes does hold the ball a little bit, but that's what makes Patrick Mahomes so good and his ability to make things happen outside of the pocket. And you talk about the pressures. I believe the Chiefs had the two high, the, the two tackles that had the most pressures allowed in the league last year, according to PFF. Everybody gauges pressures differently. It's kind of a subjective stat, but according to PFF, Andrew Wiley, um, Orlando Brown Jr. both had the highest pressures allowed. Uh, and, and I think it's a very conscious shift you've seen the Chiefs do with their offensive line to go a little bit more athletic. Now, it's hard to say that you know Orlando Brown's not a, a not athletic, but at the Combine didn't really test very well. Uh, his athletic testing and measurements weren't his strong suit, right? Um, but you're going now to a guy with Jawan Taylor, uh, Wanya Morris, guys who tested really well athletically at the Combine and tested really well at their pro days guys who have shown that athleticism in in other facets of their game. So a very interesting shift in how the uh, both of these teams are kind of going after their offensive lines. And, and you're right, I do think that the Bengals do get better with uh, with uh, Orlando Brown there. And it, it was a good pickup for them. I think a lot of the rub with Chiefs fans is, is the way he wanted to be paid. I know he wanted to be paid very high. Um, and it was something that, uh, you know, a, a deal that he did turn down going into the season reportedly uh, was was – one that was would have made him a top a top tier tackle. He wanted to try to try to get right. that and didn't quite get that um, from Cincinnati. So always want to see a guy go out and get paid and get his money and get what uh, he th- he thinks he's worth. And it's really hard too as as a fans to say what a guy's worth and what he's not because the market dictates that, right? I mean, you saw Christian Kirk make all that money last year or the year before. I can't remember what year it was. And did he necessarily deserve that? He played pretty well last year, but I don't think going into that, you could have said Christian Kirk was going to make that uh, right. that big of a contract. So uh, very interesting to, to see there with the makeup of that team. But I also want to talk about the Buffalo Bills because they've got some trouble in paradise going on up in Buffalo. Uh, Stephon Diggs. Obviously, he didn't show up to the mandatory OTAs. Who cares about that, honestly? Um, but now Josh Allen is kind of lashing out at the media up there, saying they made it a bigger deal than it was. Uh, Brian, do you think that their window is starting to close in Buffalo uh, for them to compete for the AFC? I, I don't. I mean, because when you have the quarterback in place, then I think your window stays open for quite some time. Now, does it stay open forever? No. But Josh Allen isn't 30. 
So I, I think their window, as long as they keep putting pieces around him, uh, which is the talk right now, they need, you know, a top, not necessarily a top flight, but a better number two receiver. But as long as they keep doing that and they actually run the ball with running backs versus getting them beat up, because I think it was just beat up at the end of the year last yeah. year. As long as they do that, I think their window is going to be open for quite some time. I think they they still have a really good roster. They have good coaching. I got into an argument yesterday online with somebody that said they need to get rid of the coach. He's not doing I'm like, do you realize what the Bills were before he got there? I'm like, seriously, they were horrible, horrible. The guys won 11, 12, 12 games. Nope, not good enough. Got to get rid of him. I'm like, wow, what – I mean, just remember five years ago what you right. were, but now I'm in the fans. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it really is. Uh, well, I, I'm a big fan. I like Dawson Knox as your number two. Like, I, I could see them, you know, kind of following that that Chiefs playbook where mm-hmm. where you get that connection going. You know, he's solid. He always catches the rock when it's near. Um, always clutch. You know, never never faltered. And just a cool little little thing to sneak in behind Diggs. And maybe the, maybe the Bills need to do uh, the way the Chiefs where – you got a, a pretty decent quarterback, uh, and you know can run the ball for sure. And his his accuracy a eh, little little left to be that uh, you know left on the table, I guess, as you say. And just just create a, a roster of vets of these you know savvy six seven year vets who know how to play and guys who got chips on their shoulders and just find the right pieces. And who wouldn't want to? I mean, here's a crappy thing though, and Brian can attest this. Do you really want to go to uh, Buffalo? You know, it's like it, it ain't like a glamorous like, you know, yeah. and this is real talk. Like I'm not like like I was telling someone like Oakland went from being like the worst place to go to being Vegas. And now you're like, OK, I want to go there, Yeah, you know, as a player. So there's enthusiasm. Like look at the Tyreek Hill thing. Right. He didn't leave Kansas City to go to uh, Buffalo. Right. He went to Miami. So, yeah. you know, place like that. You want a destination and a place with no state income tax. Yeah, that's big. I mean, you can take that all the way back to college decisions on where, I mean, I know a lot of times you get some guys from Florida that will go to, to a Kansas state or a Colorado or a Michigan, someplace like that. But for the most part, those guys don't do that. They're like, man, <laughs> you know, I'm going I'm to push back. And even a guy like me, I mean, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And I remember just taking a trip to Michigan when I was in high school. And I'm like, absolutely not. It is yeah, no. one degree, and they said that was the high for, like, the next month. I'm like, oh. I am out on that, man. <laughs> it's a real thing. Obviously, your highest bidder, of course, in free agency, you know, you'll go where they pay you. That's but right. if it's, like, 50-50, then you might might lose out on, on some prospects. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm also – I think the Chiefs are lucky that, um, you know, Cincinnati beat Buffalo in playoffs mm. because I think without that, I think Buffalo would would have had the Chiefs number. You know, so I, I think I think Buffalo you're gonna have to watch out for there. The, the media thing, him lashing out the media, who gives a rat's ass, right? It's a slow, it's a slow. Anytime after yep. the NBA finals in the summertime and before it wraps up, when you're watching, you know, volleyball and cricket and you know, cornhole, cornhole. on uh, cornhole on ESPN, <laughs> it's a slow, it's a slow news day. It's a slow yeah. news day. So it's like, and eh, whatever. And a lot of people will also talk about the Stefan Diggs things. He's had a, a couple years where, you know, dissatisfied with, with not winning. And, you know, they'll start looking at that thing where he was yelling at Josh Allen in the playoffs yeah. and this and that. And it's like, now discount everything you see on the sidelines. Nobody cares. New season, new season chip on their shoulder. 
And I'm kind of a little worried about the Bills because it feels like this is the one year that people aren't talking about the Bills. Yes. Uh, and I feel like they're a little underrated coming into this year, and that could be something that they want, that that team wants. Maybe the expectations were getting a little too high for them if people think, hey, well, this team's no good. Let's talk about the Bengals now. Let's talk about those guys uh, as being the, the number one contender for the AFC. Maybe that helps them out. And, and I think uh, another team I want to talk to before I want to get some of your guys' thoughts on, you know, what you guys think of other teams, but another another one that I wrote down that I thought, you know, maybe they could be a threat this year is the New York Jets. Obviously making the big blockbuster deal for Aaron Rodgers. They have a historically long playoff drought. I believe it's 12 years. Um, do they break that this year? Well, I don't want to ask you that. Do you think that, do you think the Jets can be a contender for the AFC right now, Brian? Uh, I, I think they will be a contender. Um, anytime you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think last year was kind of an anomaly for him. Um, I don't think he was all into it. I, I really don't. I mean, yeah. he had a bunch of new receivers. He didn't put in the offseason work with those guys, you know, time that you got to put in. He didn't do any of that, you know, kind of took us on the whole Brett Favre, Brett Favre train of do we want to play? Do we not want to play? Maybe I want to play, you know, that whole thing. So, I don't know. I, I just think that bringing him in, he's got a fresh start. Uh, one thing that they can do is they can run the football. They ran it last year. Uh, so they've got some weapons, and that defense is crazy good. Mm -hmm. So if they can get some consistent play, I think you have to throw them in the mix. They got a tough division, but I just I think you got to throw them in the mix, man, especially with that defense. If the defense is still healthy, they're gonna be they're gonna be in every ball game. They're gonna be in every ball game. You know, I, I think I think they're in a similar situation, almost exact similar situation to Denver. Uh, you play in a, play in a tough division where you got to play those teams twice, and you got a strong defense, and you got a quarterback who's looking to really improve from the year before. So, to me, what you're seeing in Denver and what you're seeing out in Strong Island with the Jets is is exact same scenarios. Killer defenses, tough schedule. Uh, aging quarterback who's you know going to be a Hall of Famer and has got a chip on the shoulder is going to be able to to get get shit done. And I, honestly, um, I, I think this is good for Aaron Rodgers to to have that sort of like bad year and then to to kind of shine. And for him to be in New York, you know, I think that's a good media market for him. And you know, they wanna they wanna hop. You know, the national media wants to hop on a New York team oh, so yeah. bad because mm -hmm. the Giants have been so terrible. And, you know, not not dealing up Saquon Barkley. And if he sits out the season, then there's going to be so much drama and they're going to be so distracted with what's going on over the Meadowlands that they're going to have to worry about uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, starting uh, starting some some action. And maybe the Jets will average more than, you know, 13 points a game more on offense than they did last year. <laughs> oh, that offense was dreadful last year. Um, so the, yeah, the Jets were one of those teams where I'm like, okay, I think you have to make him a contender because probably the best quarterback in the NFC last year comes over to the AFC. And again, you're looking at a very crowded, uh, crowded kitchen. When you talk about how many cooks are back there in the AFC, uh, there's a lot more teams too, that I want to hit on, but we got to take a break first. I want to know, I want to get your guys' thoughts on some other teams coming up right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back in to Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur from our friends at Holiday Distillery. Uh, appreciate it uh, for you guys sticking out, hanging out. We're talking uh, about some contenders in the AFC, just just AFC teams because this, this division is so loaded. Uh, I open the floor up to you guys. Uh, Nick, I want to start with you. Are there any other teams that when you're looking at the AFC that kind of that we haven't talked about yet that kind of like catch your eye like, oh, it could be pretty sneaky come playoff time? Well, I, I think that the Denver thing I hit on it earlier, yeah. and I also think an old move uh, Sean Payton did, which is what similar to what Gruden when he was at Tampa did to Sean Payton uh, when he's in New Orleans was snatch their uh, one of their aging vets and pay him. So the whole Frank Clark, Frank Clark to to Denver, right? Um, that that's a big move. That's a big move because you got a guy who went against them uh, every day in practice, might know some of the calls, might know some of the things. Uh, you know, s- some of the defensive keys, you know, m- maybe he's going to be like, hey, here's what we can do. Here's how we attack them. Here's where they're vulnerable in practice. Uh, you know, it's like had had that experience going against the offensive linemen. Uh, and like I said, you already have a great defense. You add him, who's a solid veteran leader. And then you got a guy with a chip on his shoulder and a quarterback guru who knows his players, knows his players, and is a fantastic coach, probably one of the best coaches to have a, a pulse on on players i mean almost similar is mike tomlin like that or is mike tomlin more like military like sort of like aggressive like no room for for laughing uh, he's more of a players i mean he's serious from what yeah. i've heard anyway but he, i mean he is more of a a players more galvanizing type of a coach okay i got gotcha. you i got gotcha you there so yeah so i think i think that i'd say denver again man i'm gonna stick with that because i think they could be the dark horse to win the AFC West. Ooh. I said it. I said it. <laughs> I said, I know you're laughing, but listen, man. Big time. Uh, my, my stepdad says when you're in Vegas and you're down, never make a do for bet, you know, where it's like yeah. they're, due for, they're due for a win. Man, they haven't, they haven't won. No one has won versus like the Chiefs in a while, right? Mm-hmm. So what better time to win and then to clinch the division, too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I don't. I think that Denver is going to be sneaky this year. I put them on the, one of my top. We did a list. Uh, we did a top five rankings list, and of the top five defenses the Chiefs will play this year, and I put Denver on that list. They've got a really good defense, and adding Frank Clark to that is again, like you were saying, uh, could be a little interesting. But uh, Big B, what do you got? What's another team that we haven't talked about yet that that you've got your eye on? Um, I think you know everybody's going to say the Chargers. Uh, yeah. I don't think that Chargers are sneaking up on anybody. Uh, yeah. I think if they're going to put it together, it, it's got to be this year. But a team that I think kind of has slipped through the radars after their quarterback got a big contract is Baltimore. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Baltimore has – their defense is still going to be there. They went through a ton of injuries. I just think Baltimore and Lamar Jackson are going to finally put something together. I've got him and Patrick Mahomes battling out for the MVP this year. I think Baltimore is going to be really good. As a Steeler fan, that drives me insane to say that. Yeah, that hurts my pride deeply. But just they're going to be very good. I, I just have a feeling they're going to be very good. Yeah, I had the ja- I had the uh, the Jags. I had the Ravens down on my list. The Jags were also down there. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting because they finally put pieces. Uh, Big B, I think we've talked about this. They finally put pieces around Lamar. They finally. Number yeah. one, paid him and made him happy. They've put weapons around him. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round for him. Like They're doing everything they can to be in the right position that they need to. Now it's going to be on the shoulders of Lamar, right? I think that that's yeah. really what it comes down to is Lamar and in the conversation of kind of him and the Ravens has always said like, oh, I don't, don't have the weapons that I need to. Aaron Rodgers has kind of said the same thing. And so he's had that to kind of lean on a little bit. I don't want to necessarily say that he has done that. Uh, but the arguments have, have kind of leaned on that. Now it's like, okay, Lamar, uh, let's get back to that MVP year. What year was that? 2020, maybe? 20, 2019. Oh gosh. 2019. That was a lot longer ago than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, get back to that 2019 year and see, see what you can do. I, I think the Ravens are a very interesting team this year um, to watch and just kind of see how that all develops. And as you said, Brian, I mean, they got to stay healthy. That's with every team, though. But right. um they look, they look pretty tough, but I've got, I put down the chargers. I, this is the one year I feel like that everyone's sleeping on the chargers. Uh, we're not having, we're not having these media members come out here and say, oh, the chargers are winning the AFC West already uh, book it. And it feels like one of those years that they're just going to be healthy. They're finally going to get injury luck uh, because they've been one of the lucky teams when it comes to injuries, they're going to get it to go their way. And eventually, I think the Chargers, the Chargers are good. That's a good football team. And I think yeah. that now that like people aren't fully focused on the Chargers are going to win the the West. They're going to go to the AFC Championship again. Uh, kind of talking about with the Bills, maybe this is something that they need, where it's not all these expectations on them. Uh, but again, the Chargers are going to Charger. But it's one of those teams that uh, I, I still am a little worried about, truthfully. Well, I mean, when you got Brandon Staley as your head coach, you're already working with a handicap. I mean, you're well, behind you, your back. You got to deal with that because that guy, I mean, whoo, I mean, he he will get in the way at some point. So if they have a very talented roster, so if they can overcome that, yeah, then you're right about the Chargers. Uh, I don't know. I, I just that 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 playoff loss last year just left a sour taste oh. in my mouth. And again, I know I've said it here before, Justin Herbert, I know he's broken a bunch of records. I know he's got a ton of talent, but you can't complete it. I know they only ran the ball eight times, but you can't complete enough passes to 
to beat a team when you're up 27 to nothing, even just short little passes to keep mm. the clock running. Mm. I just, I, I just don't want to hear it, man. I don't want to hear how he is this anomaly, the next Patrick Mahomes or, or just as good as Mahomes. I just don't want to hear that. Yeah. It, it's just the fact that he's in LA. They, they want to build him up. Yeah. You know, I think that's what it, it just, it skews towards the, you know, the, the major TV markets because TV revenue, it, it drives everything, man. And so you want those massive markets to be good and they'll always get the hype, you know, and, mm-hmm. and you're right. This is the one year they're not, you're not really hearing much out of them. And it's really tough when, when, when you blow something that big as well, too, you don't really have a lot of, not there's momentum, but you don't have that media momentum from no. last year where, where they're not picking you. Cause I mean, let's be honest, everyone's a champion right now, except for if you're in the AFC South. It's not going to happen. I don't know if we talked about this last show, but the AFC South is going to be the first division that has all domed stadiums. Uh, oh, wow. With, a, with Jacksonville. Jacksonville? Jacksonville has a plan out to build a dome stadium. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, like $400 million uh, rebuild or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's something crazy. They've got, and it looks like the future. Like, it looks like it was straight out of the Jetsons. Um, and uh, Tampa or not Tampa, Nashville has also uh, they're yeah, they redoing their theirs. stadium. Really? That's going to be really a good. New one. They've mm-hmm. got a dome. They're going to have a dome. So when the when Jacksonville finishes their 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 stadium, they'll be the first division with all domed stadiums. Which I thought was kind of interesting. Wow, that is interesting. All those bachelorette parties paying off for Nashville. Huh? <laughs> they're going to fund the fund the dome alone off off that street. <laughs> I I guess that the deal with uh with the city was was just so one sided to the team that like yeah. even if like Nashville wanted out of it, it would have been more money to renovate like the stadium or something like that than to absolute actually build. Oh, or at least wow. that's what they're telling people. Yeah, of course, uh, of course that, it, right. that would have been more money. Uh, probably like, all PR. But. That's Pentagon math, right? Right there. <laughs> there exactly. you go. There oh, you yeah. go. Fix yeah. it? No, it's way too much money. I've done I've done the math here. You can see on this this sheet of paper that I've, I've done the math, and this is this is a solid research right here. It's definitely we need a new stadium. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, but I thought that was interesting. The AFC AFC South uh, not good. Chiefs always struggle against AFC South teams, though. I don't know what you, it is. It's a noon game, and you don't take it seriously. That's all it is. And they always are terrible, and it's their playoff win because they're mathematically eliminated from playoffs because it's December, and it's just yeah. Plus, you know, you're going against the uh, a war horse when you play Tennessee, too. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> that dude's insane. I, I just – that division, man. I, I'm just sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, the Colts – I don't know what happened to the Colts' offensive line because that would have been a team last year that you thought would have been somebody that, you know, minus they had quarterback issues. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you didn't know that going into the season. And you thought they were going to be, okay, this is somebody they can run the football. They play halfway decent defense. They're going to be there. And their O-line, which was top five in the league the year before, was horrendous last year. I don't know what happened. Like, they, they nobody got hurt. They just weren't any good anymore. Nick, do you know what happened? Mm. Was, it Matt, was it Matt Ryan's first year? Yeah. Is that what happened? <laughs> You can't have you can't have these quarterbacks who are unathletic back there. Like yeah. I mean, yeah. every quarterback, every quarterback now, it's like you've got to have athleticism. Like the the pa- the pocket passer outside of Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he still got some slipperiness to him. But but the the pure pocket passers like a Matt Ryan, it's not going to happen anymore. And and Mahomes, all the good quarterbacks, they bail out their offensive line. 
you know, they make their offense line look better because, you know, you can't get gone are the days when you can, you know, one arm tackle a quarterback, you know, you can't arm tackle a quarterback anymore. So, and if you still can, then you're not, you don't deserve to play in the league anymore. And so that's what happened with, with Indianapolis is Matt Ryan. I mean, they had Phillip Rivers too that I think that year before, but Phillip Rivers still is a little bit more mobile than I think a lot of people gave him credit for in his career. Um, more mobile than the shell of Matt Ryan was um, <laughs> stand, standing back there. The corpse of Matt Ryan. I felt yeah. bad at some point watching them. Just, like, dude, they just like can't get anything going. And then they had injury after injury on that offensive line. But um, no. Uh, so let's get into the blind nil segment. Nick's favorite segment. How much longer are you going to be? I, uh, I've got, a, I've got yeah. a good question here to start off uh, with the blind nil. And it kind of goes into my Jets point um, that I wanted to bring up. But I, I want to know what team is the most likely to end their playoff drought. And, and the Jets have a long one. It's been 2010 uh, since they have been to the playoffs. Damn. They, they went to hey, those championship game. They went to those back-to-back AFC championship games, and yeah. I can remember. Rex thinking, Ryan. Man, wouldn't that be nice for the Chiefs if they could go to back-to-back AFC championship games? I was jealous of the Jets uh, for a little <laughs> bit there. Um, they haven't been since 2010. Uh, looking back, Denver 2015. And then you have the Lions at 2016 and the Falcons and the Panthers both at 2017. Um, so out of the Jets, Lions, Falcons, Broncos, Panthers, who do you think has, well, let's say outside of the Jets? Because I think that, hmm, actually, that, I think that's a good conversation to have. Do you think the Jets make the playoffs A? And what other team do you think has a, has a good chance of breaking that streak? Um, I, I think... The Lions, I know everybody's jumping on the Lions bandwagon and thinking they're going to own the division. I think they probably have the best chance. I think, first of all, I think the Jets, I don't think the Jets are making it. I don't. Okay. I think that division is too tough. I think Miami is is way better, not way better. Miami's better than they are. Buffalo is better than they are. The Patriots won't be. But I think their division is too tough. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, I think the Lions have an outside chance. I think they, they sneak in on the last – playoff spot i don't know that they're going to win that division i still like minnesota but nfc not that good so i think the lions will have an opportunity there you know if 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 i'm saying the two um i'm thinking jets and broncos i I think the lions i think what the Lions did is dan dan showed him as a head coach you know what he can do you know master class for for turning down uh the the false start Right. So, so get one more down and get, get, you know, third and one and trusting his team. Uh, I'll be curious. I think he'll be able to take that energy throughout the whole season. Right. But I think in the end, I mean, actually, I just talked myself into it. I mean, without Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, right. Who are the Packers? Honestly, like we've seen what the Packers were when, when Aaron Rodgers was hurt and they should have beat Kansas city, but they, cause they had the backup was it Jordan love. And it's Mm -hmm. like, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's going to be Lions and Broncos because I agree with Brian where, man, that AFC East, they're a bunch of cannibals. Yeah. Like they play each other so tough. Like even Miami was so terrible, they would always find a way to beat New England yep. right? for some odd, odd random reason. And Miami's a sneaky place to play in October because it's nice where you're at and it's still hot as hell and humid in Miami when you go play them in October. So it's this weird home field advantage. You're playing a noon game there at Pacific life, shark, sun devil, um, you know, Jimmy Buffett stadium, crypto FX exchange center uh, that, that is down there in Miami. So, yeah. So, uh, so I'm thinking 
I'm thinking Lions and Broncos uh, are the two going to end their drought this year. I really believe that. I do. And Broncos, I've already said that. Yeah. Well, you, I think you said every sponsor of that stadium except for the current one, which is hard rock, by the way. Um, which <laughs> kind of impressive, honestly. Yeah. You were a gay name, and I was like, are you going to hit all of them? Uh, no, everyone except the current one. I think that the Lions do have the best shot out of this list, and it is because, Brian, what you brought up, the NFC is bad. Like, the, yeah. like, they could win their division, and if they win their division, wouldn't be surprised at all. I think some people are even picking them to win the division. Minnesota is good. It's a two-horse race, I think, uh, with those. I don't think the Bears will be up there uh, yet. I did like what they did this offseason. I don't think the Bears are up there yet. I think it's between Minnesota and uh, Detroit. But Detroit, I think, will get in in a wild card if they don't win the division, just with how the math works out. You start talking about these AFC teams. I mean, I guess the only one is oh, it's Denver and, and New York. The, the math is going to get really tight uh, when it comes to wild card time because I uh, Denver's probably not winning the West. Uh, the Jets probably aren't winning the East. And it's going to be one of those things where it comes down to, okay, at the, at the end, the last game, that decision day, uh, what, where, where's the math work out to? Uh, I, I haven't really dove into the Jets or the, the Broncos schedules, but I think they finished kind of around the same spots in their division last year. So they should have like third or fourth place schedules. So they won't be incredibly difficult schedules as like some of these other teams will. So maybe that'll benefit them in the long run. But uh, I do think the Lions, I don't want to say lock, but I feel very confident the Lions are making the playoffs this year. And I think it is because of Dan Campbell, Nick, is what you're saying, that attitude kind of for for that team. Dan Campbell just kind of really – watching the hard knocks was one of the things where I'm just like, this yeah. Dan, I like this Dan Campbell guy. Like he he gets after it, and he he, he coaches it the right way. Uh, another another players coach guy, a player who was a coach and a staff that is full of ex players like Antoine Randall L's their wide yeah. receiver coach. And they've got uh, all kinds of former players on that team. But uh, I'm waxing poetically about the Lions uh, because <laughs> I really feel I feel strong about this team for some reason. I don't know why. It's one of those that I maybe I have blind faith in Dan Campbell because, you know, they weren't world beaters last year, but they won won games that they should have, and they won some games that they shouldn't have. Um, so which is good, what you got to do sometimes. But very big fan of the Lions. I am very interested that we're all kind of lower on the Jets and making the playoffs, and it seems like a lot of people are. Uh, a lot of people think there's just, just because they got Aaron Rodgers that they're a lock for the playoffs. The division is pretty tough. Yeah, it is. I, I just think, like I said, the division – I think those two teams are just better than they are. Yeah. I, I think the Bills – and I think the Dolphins are just better than the Jets. So when it comes down to, are they better than Baltimore? I don't think they are. You know, you just start counting. Are they better than the Broncos or the Chargers? I don't think they are. So it's it, it, like you said, the numbers get tough. They get real tough. But going back to the Lions, just real quick, one thing that you said, Tucker, is a lot of times you see when they were struggling early last year, and even in this offseason, they start firing coaches. They'll fire offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. They just started getting rid of people. Anybody. They didn't do that. They said, you know what? We're going the other way with this. It's the players. It's not our system. It is the players. <laughs> we are going to get some new players in here and do this thing the right way. And that, you know, as a former, I mean, I wasn't an NFL player, but as a former player, that is refreshing to see an organization say, you know what? It is not always the player, the coaches that are doing it wrong and going that way. It is the players, and they went and got new guys in key positions, and that's why I like the Lions. Or maybe it's I'm just rooting for them 
right. because they actually went a different direction. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm just rooting for them. Uh, but I feel confident in them. Uh, we are all pretty high on the Lions, uh, which I don't know. I think it fits our brand, right, to be high on the Lions just with the way that the, the style of the team is. But uh, Yeah, I love them. I play with Dan Campbell in New Orleans, so he's an awesome guy. He's an nice. awesome guy. He was a, a, one of the few tight ends who can pass block, you know, A&M. Uh, long career, you know, had had to call it call it quits because his knees were just so banged mm-hmm. up, and just awesome guy, just awesome human being, and he's swole. He could probably him and Vrabel would probably death match oh. to see who who is going to win if you just put like in like uh, uh, like a Thunderdome action with all thirty two coaches for sure. You know, <laughs> like I think I think that that's that that's, he would he would he would take first. Last thing before we get to get to our second break here, uh, did. Did you guys see the clip last year when he was doing the up downs with all the players? Yeah, I think it was like fifty up downs in yeah. training camp, but he broke his wrist like the night before and was yep. doing up downs on a broken wrist. Yeah. Unbelievable! He's He's he, he walks the walk. He walks the walk. Yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine as a player if you're out there and you're seeing that you're like, okay, I'll go to war for this guy right here. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You trust the game plan. You trust the game plan. Is what you do. Yeah, you do. That's what you trust the game plan when he, when he installs it on Wednesday. You're like, all right, I trust this. I know he's going to do it. And then he proved himself. Like I said, that last game of the year, you know, where they 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 won but then didn't make the playoffs or whatever happened. Um, I think he's going to earn earn a lot of a lot of credibility with that this season, and that's going to go a long way for them. Absolutely, big lines podcast. We're going to continue blind nil coming up uh, right after this break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hanging out here on Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur and our friends at Holiday Distillery. Go check them out if you... Uh, want to get in that uh, holiday spirit already, you know, with that Irish cream liqueur when it gets cold outside. It's good football weather drinking right there. You put that uh, Irish cream in there. All right. We've got two more blind nails left. Uh, Nick, I kind of want you to close us out. So Big right. B, I'm going to I'm gonna go to you. Uh, what do you got for us this week? Well, uh, I, I'm going to take it a little bit more on the serious side. This, mm-hmm. uh, this story that came up here, here recently has kind of bothered me a little bit. So wanted to ask you guys um, any hazing stories that you guys ever had or had to go through. Cause me personally, even when I went to Xavier and played basketball, Coffeeville, K state, I didn't really have any of that. I mean, the only thing that, that really ever went down was, you know, a guy would get his head shaved or, they may hold a guy down and yeah. they spanked him a couple of times or stuff like that. But the stuff that we heard that was going on at Northwestern, Ugh. that kind of stuff, I never saw anything even remotely close. And I know there's a lot of people that are saying, well, kids are soft these days. And I'm like, I don't care. That would have, I would have never participated in that. Even back then, 20 plus years ago, I never would have participated in anything like that. They just had to kick me off the team because I wouldn't have done that. So that's kind of my thing. It's like I can't believe that that kind of stuff is going on. And apparently the whole coaching staff knew about it. I I just I think that's outrageous personally. I just do. What happened? I haven't read anything about it. I know I know he got fired, but what happened? 
that yeah, supposedly put- they were well they had this thing i think it was called the shrek team or something a big uh, whiteboard in the middle of the locker room with young players like if you made a mistake in practice you had to get on this mis- this list and they were making them go into a closet naked, like some closet naked and doing stuff. I don't know what happened. And then they made them do like naked bear crawls in the locker room around on the floor. And I'm like, first of all, who, who wants to see who's, that? Who's number this? one. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What? I'm, yeah. I'm like, what is no going on? Linemen do that. Like, I don't do get it. I just don't get it. And that it's was bad senior thing. leadership. That's it's bad senior leadership. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like coaches should, should know better. So whether Fitzgerald knew or not, man, you got to know. You got to have a pulse in your team, and well, you got to have, have guys and be like, "Yeah, yeah." Right. Apparently, he also knew because um, you know they came out and they said they were suspending him for two weeks, which was an absolute joke. I mean, a, yeah. a coach getting suspended in July for two weeks—they're not yeah. even at the, the complex. Yeah, so, not allowed to be there. Yeah, so they're um, not even doing anything. But then the guy that actually made the complaint went to the newspaper and was like, "Hold on, he absolutely knew." He was yeah. making clapping signals, signaling that this guy needed to be on, that guy needed to be on, that he knew. I just I just think, and again, this may not even be what we're trying to talk about here, so I apologize, but I just thought it was something to bring up had you guys ever experienced anything like that because for me, it, it was there was some hazing, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't anything near what is yeah. going on right. Not even remotely close. Not yeah, even remotely close. That, yeah, that's sadistic. That's like no, right. no. I, at K State, now we got our head shaved as as yes. new, new guys, and that's about it. And yeah, it was like okay, fine, and then you're done with it. So yeah, yeah. I mean nothing like every anything harmless like that. I mean, you see, I mean, there's sometimes people are like, yeah, hey, you got a hazy, get a tattoo. Like that's too far. Um, that's right. a permanent thing. Uh, that that can be done, but yeah, and it was. Or, I mean, it was criminal what they did, really, uh, when, yeah. when you talk about it. Uh, and the, just kind of the whole scandal and everything with the culture of the team and having a head coach that kind of allows that and, and almost encourages it to a point is not somewhere you want to be in, in 2023. Um, it was one of those things that, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of shocking that it was like, wow, we're still doing this kind of thing. Is I, I think yeah. I remember that was like my reaction when I saw that story came out. I said, oh, it's, this is still happening? Um well, that's just it's a shame honestly and uh hopefully everything gets sorted out and justice to serve everything and i like apologize that. man i'm no. not trying to bring the show no. down or no. in a sour mood or anything like that i apologize i just thought i i haven't heard the links of this kind of stuff in a while and it's just what you said tucker i'm like i didn't even realize this kind of stuff went on anymore for sure i, I can't believe that and in northwestern Supposedly, they ran such a squeaky clean program. It just goes to show you, man, you just don't know. You yeah. just don't know. Not at all. All right, Nick, you want to take us home? Sure. Let's do what's it. The last, what's the last good book you guys have read? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Man. To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> <laughs> good old Harper Lee. I love it. That's a fantastic Oh, man. Book. Uh, I, I'll, I'll do, I, I'll give you guys time to think about it. I just read a good one called, uh, lead yourself first. I thought it was a good book on leadership and just talk about how all these different historical leaders throughout time have used solitude to sort of, uh, gather their thoughts and come up with a plan going forward. And I just want to encourage you guys. And if you guys are listening, check this book out from your library. And just like I say, it gives, it gives anecdotes from, you know, about Abraham Lincoln, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, 
uh, MacArthur, um, you know, different presidents, uh, different CEOs and leaders and things like that, modern day. And it's really cool, like how they how they do it and just talks about how they, they, they stepped away from everything in this world of distractedness and just finding that solitude where you can just get away, get away from your phone, get away from your computer and just sort of think on things and just kind of, you know, figure out your next step. So it was it was a great book and I really loved it. I really did love it. I, um, I was trying, I was looking around at my bookshelf back there to see if this was the book I have in my hand is the last one I actually read. And I believe it is. It's, uh, the last folk hero, the life and myth of Bo Jackson by Jeff Perlman, New York best oh, nice. time selling off. He, uh, sent me a copy of his book. Uh, really appreciative to him. Nice. It, it's a, it's a thick one and it's, it's a lot to get through, but it is very in depth. He talks to a lot of people around Bo Jackson's life in Bo Jackson's life, um, now, nothing from Bo Jackson in this book, but it is a very detailed and painted picture of kind of how Bo Jackson is that last kind of folk hero that we'll have as yeah. a guy who seems like a lot of his stories are larger than life when it comes to athletics and his feats on the football field, on the baseball field. Um, it just kind of an incredible glimpse into his life and, and how uh, people remember him, even though he did have such a short career and professionally in both of these sports but people will always remember Bo Jackson. And if you say Bo Jackson, you know, kids will be like, oh, yeah, I know who Bo Jackson is because just kind of that folk hero type vibe to him is very good. Very interesting. A very big uh, nonfiction biography type of guy. So um, that's my jam right there. Gotcha. I like I, mine was, uh, it, believe it or not, it was the latest Bill Snyder autobiography. <laughs> I just uh, can't get I, enough. Huh? I couldn't get enough. <laughs> couldn't get enough. You know. Uh, they suckered me into it. I bought it, but you know, there's a lot of lessons that that can be learned from it. You know, of course, when I opened it up, the first chapter that I went to was 1998 and how he lost to Texas A&M, and then I relived it. And I almost ripped the entire thing apart, but somehow I restrained myself. But you know, you just it, it just it brings you back, you know, to to certain lessons in life because you learn a, a lot about Coach Snyder about who he is. And how he went through day to day as a football coach and as a man, you know, and whether you want to believe it or not, on whether you learn things from your football coach or whether you don't, if you're paying attention, just halfway paying attention, man, you do. You actually do, you know, and it was just a lot of bringing me back to certain things that the way I live my life. Not that I'm that guy that followed everything the coach said or anything. I'm not trying to say that, but. It's just normal stuff that you don't think about on a day-to-day that he used to preach that you actually interpret into your life that makes sense, that can make you a better human being. You know, it's just simple mm. stuff, too. I mean, and, and it's like I said, it's just the, the easy things in life that you have to interpret and do. I mean, and a lot of just little things. I guess that's the better word for it, just the little things that can make you a better human being. I could see that, but as an eighteen to twenty two year old, you don't want to, you don't want to hear I that. I didn't want to hear any of it. As a forty one year old, yeah, as a forty one year old, it made so much sense that that his. I always tell people, it's not Coach Snyder's thing. His best thing was he wasn't talking to you as a punk ass eighteen twenty one no. year old. He was talking to you as a, as a man. Absolutely. And that was his direction was not we're going to take you and make you an NFL player. Like, we're going to make you into a decent human being. Correct. Uh, who's going to be a respectable member of society in Manhattan. Correct. Absolutely. I'll read that. Absolutely. But I didn't want to, like you said, I didn't want to hear any of it at the time. Not, <laughs> not even a little anything. bit. I had it all not figured even out. a little. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I also got a view from center. Uh, Tim Grunhard's book. 
biography again that that uh, he was a part of writing and that himself very good. Um, I've got the let's see what what book is down here. I Love think all the football like, books, Tucker. That's awesome. Yeah, I like my whole library is is football books. I think I got the, like the past coverage glossary that I've been looking at. Nice. Yeah, our defensive coordinator handbook right here. Uh, just who is that? It's very good. No, who's um, on the cover? Is that Bo Pelini? That's not Bo Pelini. Who is that? I couldn't tell. Okay, I got from you. the Steelers. Yeah, Dick LeBeau. Yeah, Dick LeBeau. Yeah. There you go. Um, listen, I'm, I, really I showed my age right there. Draft well, not knowing draft that. well, uh, draft well. That's what you do for the Steelers. Just draft well and play crazy third and seven plus defenses that are ridiculous. We're going to yeah. blitz from every. We're just going to bring somebody off out of the stands to blitz. Yeah. And guess what? We're, no one's going to have their hand in the dirt and they're nope. all just going to be moving around. Just, just wherever. Just wherever. I mean, just, this thing is so full of, it's so full of great information from like uh, coverage schemes. You got pages full of just different coverage schemes and everything. I mean, I got the pass, the, the pass coverage glossary back there. It's always good to have those things. And, and listen, every coach has like different coach speak for everything. So there's not one universal language really. Uh, when it comes to like coverages, especially on the defensive side of the ball, every coach seems yeah. like they call the same thing, every, like three different names. But um, no, I love to soak in that information, especially with with the football stuff. But Nick, great question. That's a good one Thank to you. end on. That's Thank a good one. To end on. Thank you. Don't disappoint. And hopefully we didn't disappoint either. So we appreciate you listening all the way to the end of this Outside the Trenches podcast brewed by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur and our friends at Holiday Distillery. Appreciate you listening. All the way to the very end. We'll be back sometime soon with training camp ramping up here. They start on July the 23rd. That's the first day of practice. So if you're in the Kansas City area, want to get up to St. Joe, I believe it's a $5 practice day. That's a $5 entry. There's only three of those this year. So, um, and they're on the Saturdays. So if you want to go on a Saturday, you're going to have to go up uh, the two Saturdays. And the, the first uh, Sunday is the first practice. But the weekend pr- practices are $5. It's a good time. I recommend going out there if you can in the city. If you're if you're close, go on up there. Get that uh, it's unprecedented access really for fans to get to see these guys up close and get to see uh, how they how they train and get ready for the season. So uh, for Nick Lecky, for Brian Hanley, I'm Tucker Franklin. That's going to do it for today's episode of Outside the Trenches. We'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.